Welcome in to the Husker Half Hour ASMR Show. I am your host, Elijah Herbal, alongside Ben Herbal. And we're going to be taking you through this wonderful, wonderful show. Yeah. So we'll try to get you to relax. Football ASMR. The Cornhusker Marching Band. Holding on the offense. Chad Boo. Number 73. Boo. That's it. Okay, that's it. That's yep, it. Yeah, no, no. Um, we hope you enjoyed your 30 seconds of Huskers ASMR. Yeah, delete that one. <laughs> Please. <laughs> we'll probably actually I feel uncomfortable. Part, <laughs> There's, people are going to be very confused. We're too deep in the ASMR. We're too deep. <gasps> <gasps> oh, that's the title. Write that down. Yeah, I'm sure you're probably all distracted by that ASMR, just beautiful sound yeah, effects. Yeah, you're all probably asleep at this point. Yeah, this is Elijah Herbal alongside my brother Ben, and uh, we're glad to be back. We're, we're here to fill the void in the market. We needed a show by millennials for millennials on Husker football, so mm-hmm. here we are. But don't rule out all those old people that also listen to us. I don't want them listening. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, millennials. Only. Except dad. Dad can listen. Yeah. If, if you're under the age of fifty, you're okay. Mm-hmm. If you're over the age of fifty, you're right out. You probably don't even have like a phone or you anything. You probably don't listen to podcasts. Yeah, why would you listen to podcasts? If you are, respect. Um, but let, let's get right into it. Uh, the right. Huskers wrapped up a lot of fall camp stories today by releasing yeah. their uh, their first two deep depth chart in anticipation for the South Alabama game. All summer uh, long, there have been camp battles. Oh yeah, one of the most exciting, I think. Camp uh, battles like uh, bears and, uh, mm. fighting a bunch of bighorn sheep. I was like thinking like fifth grade whenever all the eighth graders came and beat me up at camp. Oh yeah, nice and camp it, battle. Uh huh, and mm-hmm. then peed on you. Yeah. <laughs> we had to throw that detail in. Yeah. 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 yeah that happened. That happened. <laughs> uh, anyway. Camp um, battles. Camp Why battles. Tell us about the camp battles. And, and one of the most exciting has been at uh, at Punter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, the, the battle's been between Isaac Armstrong and um, he's a Michigan State transfer. Uh-huh. And all, all I know is there's a lot of consonants next to consonants <laughs> in his last name. Uh, his, his first name is Will. He's number 99. Uh... Are we just gonna call him Will? Pri- Will Willie P. <laughs> Willie P. Pris Pris uh, Pris syrup. It, it, it's spelled P R Z Y, and that's what really throws me off. Zir? Because Pris-tip. I don't think those four letters have ever been next to each other in an, an English word ever. Prisdip? You think he's German? Prisdip? I, I think he's Czech. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Prisdip. 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 Let's just Will not ever try that again. Will. Willie P. And Willie P. Willie P. Um, and, and it comes after a, a transfer last year. And uh, and Ben, that's what person you, you knew uh, a little something about. Yeah, well, um, me and old uh, Lightborn and mm-hmm. I. Caleb Lightborn, referring Lightborn. to the former starting punter 
you may remember him for his completely failed onside kick attempt against Ohio State. <laughs> Where, like, deceptively, at first, the first time you watch it, you're like, holy cow, how did you mess up a kick so bad? And then you watch it back, and you're like, oh, he was doing an onside kick. That makes us even worse <laughs> did you see the field after that ever? i don't know he didn't deserve it i can't imagine <laughs> i can't imagine the, the look on scott's face should have just disappointment yeah but uh but but you you know a thing or two about uh sure caleb lightborn yeah. yeah we had uh econ together um in economics class i think it was microeconomics specifically hmm. um and we had a, a class assignment maybe the first or second week of school where for economics we were talking about markets and we were all supposed to bring a brown paper sack and bring an item in the brown paper sack um, that we would be we would be kind of dealing and selling and giving value to and in trading. We'd be trading with other people um, in the classroom, like things of equal value. Essentially, you'd be trading your thing for somebody else's. Um, so you know, people brought pens, pencils. They put money. They put snacks, fruit snacks, those kind of things. We're going around the room, and we had to reveal. What was in our bag? It was kind of a mystery until we got there. Um, and so... Wait, what, what did you bring? Do you remember? Uh, I think it was a like a, a banana and an orange that I just grabbed off the counter at home. <laughs> just brought some food. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Creative, then. Yeah, thank you. Um, oh, no. Maybe it was something I was really excited about. Oh, and I was really disappointed when everybody else brought crap because I brought something really cool. What was it? It's not important. Puppy. <laughs> in a brown paper sack. It was dead by the time you opened uh, it. Ben, your bag is moving. <laughs> um, it seems to be struggling for air. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, we're going around the room, revealing what's in our brown paper bags, and, you know, it was fun stuff. And we get to Caleb, who pulls from his brown paper sack a singular condom. Used? No, no, sealed. So <laughs> there God. was value to it. Someone maybe wanted it. Um but he thought it was like this really funny thing. Um but then it, he was it was going to be funny for him until he realized he had to show the whole class. So then he just looked like an ass for bringing a condom. <laughs> and then another guy in the class um traded him for it. Wow. So someone win-win. I guess so. <laughs> but he was just gosh, he was such a jerk in class. He never tried for anything kind of just loitered always kind of played like you know like the cool the cool sounds athlete. like his football career too yeah, yeah. yeah kind of like i'm gonna sit in the back and and like kind of chime in every once in a while but then just say that everything's dumb and hard and and i don't get it and all that kind of stuff and mm-hmm. they're really just not they're, they're not applying themselves yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so that's my we, we just with... dove deep into the athlete yeah. psyche there and, yeah. and really just put so, them all into a group yeah no so i'm sure that i think the battle for punter was genuinely probably a good thing compared to what we had last year. And I hope he's doing great at yeah. Oregon State. I, I do too. Yeah. Wish him all the best. Uh, Willie P, though, comes in from Michigan State. He started the game last year against Nebraska mm-hmm. uh, where I, I couldn't tell you how he, how he played at all. That's not I something I don't tend remember, to pay attention yeah. to. Um, but uh, on the first two deep today, Isaac Armstrong has won the starting Woo! punter job. Yeah, uh, the pride of Lincoln Southwest. Isaac Armstrong wins the job in his senior year. Uh, as of right now, that so is. So, what, what do you imagine in that? Just that between the two of them, we heard it was pretty close the whole time. Do you think in the end, just his experience and the system won out? A system. He's a punter. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. There's probably something challenging there. I, I think I it know. was a combination of probably being more tenured, being a walk-on, being a senior, uh-huh. and this guy. The guy is a uh, a redshirt freshman. So sure. So I think that's probably it. But also a good feeling that if uh, Isaac poops the bed, then or sustains an injury or something like that, we we got a competent backup in Willie P sure. behind him. 
another pride of Lincoln Southeast guy, Grant Detlefson, a true freshman from Lincoln Southeast. Yeah. Is backing up those two. He's not on the two deep, but I know he's there. Um, <laughs> we know you're there. <laughs> we know you're there. The, the rest of the media might not know Grant, but if you're listening, we, we know. know. <laughs> and we're proud. <laughs> you just want to go into the offense, though? Yeah, let's get let's dive into this thing. So uh, for everybody listening, I have reserved. I haven't looked at this too deep all day. I've been waiting for the podcast so that my first reaction is genuine. I also was just lazy all day. Yeah, you were substitute <laughs> pretending, teaching. <laughs> pretending like it was a cool thing. Substitute teaching at Color Middle School. Color Middle School, home of the Cougars. I have no what, attachment to you. The Cougars, in what sense? What? Is that their mascot or is that like just their parents? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, you definitely shouldn't. Someone out there is going to listen to this and it's going to get back to somebody and you're never going to get a job ever never again. Never going to get a job. Holy crap. Um, um, anyway, yeah, so let's get into the depth chart. I've never, I haven't read this yet today. So, so my ben, reaction is real and unfiltered. If we're going to start at quarterbacks, who do you think won the starting quarterback job this oh, year? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Uh, it was down to uh, Adrian Martinez, Adrian Martinez, and Adrian Martinez. I'm going to go with Adrian Martinez. Yeah, that's right, actually. That's right, actually. Uh, The sophomore from Fresno, California won the job. What was the quote from Verduzco the other day about whenever they were asking? um, They were asking. Do you remember what I'm talking about where they were asking about the backups? Mm -hmm. And what did he say? Oh, man. I wish I had the quote in front of me. (laughs) I'm going to go back in and record myself saying that quote and cut it there so it's really cool. So just pretend like I said the quote. Let's just leave a little little 10-second break for whenever we do go find this quote. And let's just uh, <laughs> here is here is that quote from Verduzco. Wow, man! Every time he talks, it's yeah, that's really really something. Good stuff there from Verduzco, Verduzco. as voiced by Benjamin Herbal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a dramatic reading, yeah. like like whenever they read a Civil War diary and like Ken Burns Civil War and Dearest Mother. Yeah. <laughs> I'd write to inform you that Adrian Martinez has won the starting position. <laughs> I do not expect to return home. Just throw that in instead of reducing it. See if anyone notices. It will move west. Um, anyway, uh, Adrian Martinez wins the starting quarterback job, but that was never really in question. Frost said today in a press conference that uh, Adrian Martinez was doing things in fall camp that he hasn't really seen anybody do on the football field and probably like won't. taking his pants off and running around. <laughs> yeah. Just slapping Scott, his winger just, around. Scott Frost standing on the side like, wow, I've, I've never, never seen, seen that in a football like field. Wow. <laughs> the way he mounted him that was inc- phenomenal. That is incredible. What an athlete. That's a leader. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway, no, but he said uh, maybe uh, aside from Chiefs training camp, which would be referring to Patrick Mahomes. Sure. So Scott Frost, in a way, comparing Martinez to Mahomes. Whoa. Let the hype train build. But yeah. let's move on to uh, the backups. Sure. This is where the real uh, battle came because a lot of people had uh, had some eyes for Luke McCaffrey through fall camp. He was playing well, apparently uh, applying himself very well, uh, learning the the playbook. His his athleticism could. coming out there. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's he's a McCaffrey older brother Christian, uh, also older brother Dylan, who is at uh, Michigan. Uh, he's an athlete. Apparently, he's applied himself well. I see him using uh, all four games uh, before he registers this year. Uh, sure. This is a rule from last year that uh, redshirt players can still play in four games before uh, they are forced to burn the redshirt. Mm. I could see him coming in and playing four games. I could also see him not even redshirting this year. Mm. I could definitely see a situation where he is uh, he has his own little package. He's got his own little package. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, so, Elijah, whenever <clears> – <throat> let's say, let's play it back. Uh, let's say the Colorado game last year. Adrian Martinez goes down with an injury. Uh, you're in the fourth quarter, uh, and you've got a choice this year between Bedrill and McCaffrey. Game's on the line. 
who are you going to as 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 Scott Frost as Verduzco, the coaching staff? What's what's that look like? Do you feel like uh, that situation this year? Uh, you got to go with Vedral, and that's just because of experience in the system. He had a year at UCF. He had a full year last year at Nebraska, and he is coming in now to his third fall camp uh, playing quarterback in a Scott Frost system. You, you got to go for the experience first before the, the athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I'm not at fall camp. I haven't seen. I, I just see the depth chart where he is listed as third, and it, it makes sense to me that Vedral is going to be second just sure. solely based upon knowing the system. Uh, okay, how about beginning of the season? Um, we're up. 30 points here, week one. We're in the second quarter, third quarter. Who are you putting in? Federal or McCaffrey? Are you giving him that experience in a game like that? Mm-hmm. or I, I could definitely see uh, a, a situation in which Martinez gets pulled, say, halfway through the third. You're going to have one guy come in, most likely Federal, uh, come in and play the end of the third, uh, finish out the third quarter, maybe get a little into fourth quarter, and then have McCaffrey close it out. Depends on if McCaffrey has used up his uh, his scholarship uh, or not yet. Um do they do they do they save the scholarship tactically or this year? Do you think they're going into the season not even worrying about it? I don't think it's something that that they that they probably have ideas of it. They're thinking it'd be nice to have him register this year, but if it becomes a situation where Martinez comes down with a knee injury, they're going to play the best guy. They're not going to say, "Well, we could play our second best guy and keep McCaffrey's red shirt." And then we'll have him for next. No, no, they're they're gonna play the best guy. They they want to win now. Sure. That that's that's what football's about. It's about winning now. They don't care about a redshirt season if that's the best way to win games. Something that the media, I feel like, will we could talk about and no one will know. Do you know? Do you feel that like in terms of getting into the head of of Reduzco Frost and and tactically yeah, using no. the redshirt? It's like we could we could talk about it, but realistically. It's we're not going to know until it happens. And realistically, it's not something they're going to think about until the injury happens either. Sure, yeah. They they got they got bigger fish fish to fry. Yep. But uh, let's let's move on, on to another surprising a little bit uh, development in the two deep, and that's that Dedrick Mills and Mo Washington are co-listed as number one running back. Mm. You, have any, you have any thoughts on this? It's your first time seeing it. Yeah, I haven't seen this. Um, I mean, makes sense, especially with the, uh, I mean, like the legal issues going into it. Um, which are, are still up in the air. Uh, Mo, Mo Washington is available to play against South Alabama. Sure. His first court date is not until September 3rd. He does not have to be in attendance for that sure. court date. How did they handle it last year? Did they do co-starters at running back last year as well? Yes. Uh, last year it was three. It was Greg Bell or mm-hmm. Maurice Washington or Devine Zippo. Or Devine Zippo. Right. Um, so I think probably leaving room for that position to – I mean, we've we've heard it um, from Held before on – we're gonna we're gonna rotate backs, but whoever's got the hot hands, we're mm-hmm. gonna leap in there. Mm-hmm. So I think even you see that in the the depth chart here of man, both these guys are gonna be getting playing time, uh, but whoever's hot, we're gonna leave in. If it's Mo Washington, if it's Dietrich Mills, we're gonna leave them in. And I think that you even see that in the in the way that they they put the roster here, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go back and look at previous Scott Frost offense, there are always seven eight guys in a roster per year who are gonna be getting twenty five rushes a year. And last year, there were a total. Besides Adrian Martinez, of three running backs who got at least 25 carries last year. Three. That was Greg Bell, who was off the team after week four. There was Mo Washington, and there was Devon Zigbo, and then Adrian Martinez also. Those are the only three that had, uh, or only four, if you include Martinez, that had more than 25 carries last year. Which is truly incredible, considering UCF had seven guys uh, in their Scott Frost second year there. Uh, seven guys, plus McKenzie Milton, who rushed the ball at least 30 times. Um, so I expect to see a lot more running back rotation this year. Which... Also a testament to 
what the the duck are position and mm-hmm. being able to use some of those wide receivers and running back mm-hmm. role and, and getting more carries that way. Yeah, we'll get into the duck are position here in a second, but uh, Wandale Robinson seems to fill that pretty well this year. He seems like the perfect candidate. You hear a lot of stuff come out of fall camp about how the defense is struggling to match up with him. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but let's continue down the running back oh, uh, depth yeah. chart. Wyatt Missouri and Wyatt Missouri is tied for. I guess it's third. There's T1, then there's T3, and uh, tied with Wyatt Mazur for the third-place running back spot is Ramir Johnson, who is the uh, the burning freshman from New Jersey. Speedy, speedy. Speedy, speedy. That's what this offense is about. Um, interesting, Wyatt Mazur, the uh, the local kid, uh, in his senior year, is looking to be getting some snaps, and uh, that's what you heard from uh, Ryan Held as well as uh, Coach... Walters? Yes, sorry. <laughs> but you uh, but you hear from Coach Walters as well in fall camp um, where uh, there's going to be four or five guys who are capable of carrying the ball the year, this year for the Huskers. Uh, Wyatt Mazur, one of those guys that you've already, you've heard a lot of things about, had a pretty good spring game. He's consistent. Consistent. You can put him between the tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think what, what we have here is two fire and ice combos. Mm-hmm. Diedrich Mills said he models his game after Marshawn Lynch. Make, make one, one, maybe one guy miss if you can. If you can't, you're going to lower your shoulder and you're going to get those five yards extra and hope, hopefully just break the tackle he's and take a, him to the house. He's, a, he's, he's beefy. But that's that, that's what Diedrich Mills wants to be. A lot of people com- compared him to Divine Zigbo last year, whereas Zigbo is much more of a complete back. He was out of the backfield. 5'11", 220. Mm-hmm. The... Uh, the the measurables line up with Zigbo, who is six foot two twenty. I want to say sure. Um, the the measurables line up, uh, but the, the style stylistically, Diedrich Mills wants to run the ball between the tackles. He wants to lower his shoulder. He wants to get those seven hard yards. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Moving on. Seven hard yards. <laughs> Do you? I've I've heard a lot of people um, within that doubting the ability of Maurice Washington to run between the tackles. Um. It's not his strong suit, sure. but he can do it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like a lot of people still saying he doesn't he doesn't look or feel like a beefy back that can that can hit between the tackles. And I think every single time I hear that, I always like say, I don't, know if I, I don't know if I latch on with that with that argument or that that belief that I I I think he I think he can. I, I think there's two factors at play, which one is. Uh, the fact that he he's not the type to lower his shoulder. Hmm. So people watch him play and think, oh, he's never going to lower his shoulder. He needs that throw between the tackles. And that's that's not what Scott Frost's offense is about. Sure. Scott Frost's offense is about spreading it out, big gaps for guys to run through, let the playmakers make plays. And in a zone play type where Maurice Washington can pick a hole and he gets, can see he one guy the second in the hole, level. Yeah. he gets the second level. It, it doesn't matter whether or not he has to lower his shoulder to get around a guy or he can spin around him, juke around him. It doesn't matter. All that matters is that he gets through that guy and gets a couple extra yards. Also, so many times last year where he took a hit and popped up. Yeah. You know? The, the, but th- this is your fire and ice combo for the year in uh, Mo Washington, Diedrich Mills, assuming that Maurice Washington, uh, let's, uh, if we assume he plays the whole year, legal issues aside. Uh, moving on to wide receiver, staying on the offensive side, uh, where the transfer from Cal um, by or sorry, from Hawaii by way of the University of California is Kanawai Noah, who won the starting job of the X receiver uh, over uh, Darian Chase. Uh, alongside him in uh, the one A one B is Mike Williams. Sure. Who uh, Mike Williams had a lot of promise coming in last year. He had issues with run blocking uh, and, and blocking uh, in the second level after a, uh, a passive incompleter after a ball had been handed off, uh, where he is looking to get a second chance now? A surprise, maybe something that people were predicting, but also 
something that's not super surprising. Would mm. you say? Yeah, uh, and I think Kenan Wainoa uh, came into fall camp and he's really put himself in a position to be one of the top pass catchers alongside uh, guys like J.D. Spielman, Wandale Robinson. Sure, a different, a different, a different body type, a different kind of player. Yes. that you can have on the field and with J.D. From uh, what I've heard through fall camp, some of the most sure hands on the team. One of those guys where you throw it around him. Uh, if you put the ball anywhere near him, he's going to go up and he's going to get the ball. Third and eight, you've got a guy that you can. Third and eight, you run him on a slant route and he's not going to drop that ball. Sure. Uh, the other wide receiver spot is going to be the uh, the slot receiver spot, and uh, J.D. Spielman wins that. Uh, close behind him, really interesting here, is a guy who's been battling a couple years, had some tough luck with uh, with knee injuries. And that's uh, Javon McQuitty who uh, came in alongside the uh, the Calabasas receivers and was one of those touted guys that he was going to be a, uh, a playmaking receiver for the Huskers team. It hasn't panned out for him yet, but he, uh, from all accounts through fall camp, he worked hard and he's earned himself the second spot. Somebody who we so quickly get distracted by the new names, the fresh, exciting people coming in, and I think somebody who was really forgotten about last year, especially. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think even going through this camp, somebody that I think we wrote off and yeah. said... He's, he's been guys who plagued with injuries, and he, he's kind of been lumped in with that Calabasas crew, that Mike Riley crew, the Mike Riley era mm-hmm. of being someone who can get tossed to the side and new talent brought in to replace him. And he, he's, to his credit, worked his tail off, and uh, he's in position to get a, a decent amount of playtime this year. Uh, I'm to, excited to see I'm excited to see in the first couple of weeks how how that continues to play out for him and to see him out on the field to be able to see if he can make a difference and if he can you know yep. at, at the uh, third receiver spot which is the quote-unquote duck R position uh wandale robinson unsurprisingly wins the starting job there it's been reported all all fall out of camp that he is the uh the guy that's been the most difficult for the defense to stop alongside guys like mo washington jd spielman uh Expecting big things from him this year. Excited to see what he's going to do uh, with his first chance starting behind him, Miles Jones. Uh, and the, the 2B with Miles Jones is Cade Warner, who has dealt with some injuries through fall camp, but was impressive last year. When sure, his, uh, consistent. A guy that is also very different from Wandale and Miles Jones as a type of player, would you say? Uh, yeah, I think that's more of a... He, he's not going to come in and play the duck R position like Wandale. If Wandale goes down with an injury, the it's, offense gets changed up. Yeah, Cade's and, not going to take the spot, obviously. No, no Cade's not going to be a guy who's going to be taking jet sweeps <laughs> right. by any means. Right. Um, but he is a guy uh, who is a great downfield blocker, um, pretty good route runner. I mean, he Consistent lead, hands. He leads uh, the Arizona high school history books for most touchdown receptions. For just catches. To- total receptions. Total yeah. receptions. Uh, the guy overlooked out of high school. He's came in, worked his tail off similar to his father. Received no division one scholarships. Yep. And, and he knew he had talent, came to Nebraska. Um, his dad was very similar, overlooked type. Uh, and to his credit came in uh, similar to Javon McQuitty and worked his tail off. Uh, he's dealt with some injuries through the fall camp, but he's a guy who is looking to get some play time this year as well. So move on to the offensive line. Uh, really, no surprises aside from one. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, we'll, we'll, about, let's, we'll, let's start right to left. What do you say? Right to left, yeah. Well, we'll start with, uh, unsurprisingly, Matt Farniok wins the starting right tackle spot. That was projected well through fall camp. Behind him, surprisingly, is the mm-hmm. freshman Bryce Binhart, the absolute just huge mauler out of Minnesota. Surprising and yet... I feel like a name that we kept hearing tossed yes. out as somebody who was going to be in the running. Matt Forniak said, uh, he was up at the, uh, the podium today, uh, for the Monday press conference. And he said that Bryce Binhart is a guy who relied so much on just his size and physical attributes in high school that once 
he is able to get consistent fundamental football uh, with blocking techniques down, he is going to be a star. Which is a great thing in terms of mm-hmm. the depth and filling out of our offensive line. So, so it sounds like he's a guy that not necessarily ready to come in and get significant playing time. Uh, he needs to work on some fundamentals some more, but physically he's got it all there. He's, he's got this physical traits he need and uh, definite NFL prospect once Matt Farniak's out here. The hope of a future of not being in a place where if I see a lineman go down on a play, I feel like we're mm-hmm. bone the rest of the game. And we're starting to get there. Greg Austin said there's seven or eight guys this year uh, who he trusts to come in in a game time situation. Uh, so Bryce Benhart, obviously one of those guys as the, uh, the second string right tackle. I don't think he's truly ready, but I think uh, in an emergency situation, he could fill in well at right guard. We have Bo Wilson, uh, another unsurprising pick really. He was the, the right guard to, to end last year. And he is, uh, a fighter, a fighter. That, that is for sure. The, the dude embodies Nebraska offensive line play, uh, behind him, Matt Sichterman, the former tackle, uh, who converted to guard this off season. Good for him to get onto the two deep already. Uh, he put on a little bit of weight and moved to guard. I'm going to skip over the center position. Mm-hmm. Let's come back. Let's come straight back to left guard, uh, where the former walk-on just earned his scholarship. Trent Hickson has won the job. That has been reported out of camp that he's been impressing. Uh, Matt Forniak said out of him that he's a guy that doesn't necessarily have the God-given traits to be an elite-class offensive lineman, but he's a guy who comes in and works his butt off every single day. Uh, he doesn't take a playoff. He's a fighter, and uh, he's exactly who you want on that offensive line. Uh, behind him, we have uh, John Raridon, the junior from uh, Iowa, who is a really highly touted recruit, hasn't fully panned out, uh, and he, he finds himself at the backup left guard position. Moving on. Moving on. Left tackle. Left tackle, another unsurprising guy here, and that's Brendan Hymas, mm-hmm. three-year starter. He got thrust into the fire his freshman year. Uh, uh-huh. And now, due to injury... Uh, <laughs> Well, I, I want to stand Hymas for a second. Okay, so sorry. Stand Hymas for a second. Uh, he's probably the most uh, the most consistent centerpiece of this offensive line. Uh, he, he's the guy you're building around. Three-year starter. He got thrown in the fire as a freshman. Um, he's really made strides, huge improvements. Uh, he, he's solid at left tackle. There, there's no worry there for a Husker fan. What you're going to get from Brendan Hymas. Uh, NFL caliber prospect, no doubt. And uh, not necessarily a vocal leader, but he leads in the way he plays. Behind him... Our boy, <laughs> our boy Brock Bando. <laughs> Brock uh, is a guy who started his career at right tackle, was a little uh, overmatched from some of the athletic DNs, uh, and he got moved into right guard, uh, put on some weight, and he, from what I've heard from Brock, he hated it there. Um, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Brock. I doubt you're listening. Why would you be? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was talking to him, and, and it, it wasn't a position that I think he he truly loved. So this offseason, he put in the work, dropped some weight. Uh, leaned down, got quicker, and has moved to left tackle, where he has won the backup spot behind Brendan Hymas. Congrats, Brock. Good for Brock. Been working on his footwork a little, too. And Before we end this offensive segment, uh, we'll post the link to the defensive segment. Uh, in a bit, we're going to talk about the center position, and that entails uh, the battle that we had. This is the most unknown position on the offensive line. Ben, you're just now seeing this. Uh what? <laughs> <laughs> True uh, surprise right there from um, Ben Herbal. <laughs> yeah. Um, Will, Will, wow. Will from the grave, the, the Undertaker rises again. Somebody who, sorry, what? Why did you just say Will Farniak? Well, I, I want to get into that. Will Farniak was, and oh. he was projected as of a week ago as being the starter. Sure. Cam Jerkins uh, has dealt with some injuries, dealt with an injury this uh, this end of the summer into fall camp and did not practice much. 
Um, the coaches thought that he might not be ready until a couple weeks into the season, but lo and behold, it's a week and a half uh, before the season. He's getting back in pads, and now five days before the season, Cameron Jurgens has won the starting center spot. Wow. Um, so someone who we heard about and then I feel like just totally rode off in our brains of that's a that's a future. That's a like, Well, I remember uh, back in the spring, everyone's saying Cam Jurgens is the guy. Cam Jurgens is going to sure. be the center. Which um, was also like – Oh wow! Like I, I first like moved from tight end. Yeah, but, to, but like, then as summer was hearing on. that he was a mm-hmm. hearing that he was a tank at tight end, blocking defensive ends, blocking them back into the secondary, uh, and then beefing up, moving to center. I mean, somewhat of a surprise. Not a sur- I mean, not a surprise, but also a like oh interesting. Okay, we'll see how this works out. And then hearing good thing after good thing after good thing. Yeah, it, I think it was funny to hear a uh, an interview from Cam Jurgens in the spring where he said I didn't realize how much I hated going out and running routes and catching passes until I didn't have to do it anymore. <laughs> that's beautiful. And, and, that's and lineman right that's there. That's what you want in lineman is he likes going up to the line, kicking someone's ass, not running that far, <laughs> jogging back up to the line and doing it all over again, doesn't have to sprint, doesn't you think have to he catch gets the ball. Sweatier now that he's put on all that weight. Weird question I, then. <laughs> I thought that before of like, man, I wonder if there's just like a lot I wonder how his body feels. If I ever see him on that. canvas, I'll ask we him. ask him, please. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, but, but he comes in and uh, gets injured at the end of summer, uh, into fall camp. He's not practicing. People are thinking, well, he did c- convert from tight end last year, has that much time at center. I doubt he's going to be ready for the start of the season. Mm. But uh, today in the press conference, uh, on the Monday press conferences that Nebraska always has, Scott Frost said that this guy is built to be a superstar. Yeah, a superstar. Said he's built to be a superstar. You and, know what that tells me is he's got a brain, too. Like that's so important at the center position to be able to be the quarterback of that offensive line yeah. and to be able to move from tight end to a new position, learn it and win a starting spot and be in a position where you're injured and you come back and you still receive the starting spot. I think he's got to have the smarts there at center to be able to run that offensive line and that's somebody they want in that position. I think he's just got to have the brains for it. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, so Cameron Jurgens again wins the starting spot and uh, maybe on a play count against South Alabama. Uh, Scott Frost doesn't want to really risk him out there too much. He said that to the press conference. It's unclear. They haven't truly thought that far ahead, but he may be on a play count coming this weekend for South Alabama. So watch out for that. And uh, that concludes the offensive two deep. Ooh, we're getting close to game day, baby. Getting close it's to game day. Only a couple real. days away. It's feeling real. Wow. All right. So next episode, we'll be diving into that defensive too deep. Yep. Um, and uh, there are some interesting picks there as well. I know you haven't seen it yet. Give us a teaser. Give us a teaser. Just give me a position. Uh, let's, let's go outside linebacker. There is a, there's a 2B. Pretty interesting. Oh, 2B continued. To be continued. Let's go. All right. High five, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> Signing off from the Husker Half Hour. It's me. Ben Herbal. This is Elijah Herbal signing off and saying see you next time. Love you. Bye.